Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max, and today's episode is our NFL Week 4 Recap. We're going to go through all the games, not all of them, but we're going to highlight some of the games. We're probably just going to... We, I usually highlight the games that I watched on Sunday, and then, of course, I highlight Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. So that's the that's what we got going on today. So the first one, we're going to get it out the way, obviously. Obviously, the, the, Monday, the Thursday night game uh, between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals was both pretty good and uh, very, very hard to watch. Uh, if you don't know by now, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins Tua Tungalofa. I I apologize if I butchered that last name, but uh, Tua T. That's what I'm gonna call him from now on, since I can't pronounce that last name. But uh, he took a very very serious uh, blow to the head. Um, he got to the point to where his fingers and everything kind of cramped up, and it looked like he went into uh, a seizure. You know, kind of like what people do, or he went into shock or something like that, and. Uh, according to reports from the NFL that, you know, he had been suffering from a back concussion problem from the previous game in Buffalo. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the deal was coming out of that, but seeing that injury, seeing him kind of curl up like that and his fingers just kind of go, you know, into that position, you know, it, it, it's scary. You know, you want, you want, the player you want it in when you're watching a pro football game you want the players to kind of go in come out the same way they went in and it's like you, you don't ever want to see somebody get hurt on the field you know for a guy to get carted off like that the ambulance had to come on there and take him out and everything like that and then not to mention the backlash that came after that you know a lot of medical personnel within the Miami Dolphins organization are under under fire which they sh- they they should be you know, he should not have been playing in that game. Uh, you know, Tua's been through a lot in his, I think this is his third year in the NFL, and um, uh, he's been through a lot since coming out of Alabama. He was he was a bit injury prone, especially even in college and things like that. But, you know, if, if you're hurt, you know, if you and, and something like that, whether it's a back injury or whether it's a concussion, man, that's not something you can just get over like in a couple of couple of days because they played Sunday afternoon and then he had to wait and they, he played Sunday afternoon against Buffalo then had to come and play Sunday Thursday night to play against Cincinnati and it was like that that, that don't seem right and uh, I, I don't know some somebody needs to be held accountable for that because as as a coach you don't ever want to see your player go down like that ever as a player you know that that's one of the scariest moments in, you know, any injury is scary because you don't know the severity of it. You know instantly something's wrong. You just don't know how badly it is. You know, and even as an owner, as a fan, you know, you still, you you feel for the guy, you know, something's not right. And uh, things like that. Uh, from, as it stands now, um, you know, he's doing better, uh, but he has been ruled out for Sunday's game. So that's good, you know. Teddy Bridgewater's taking over the team, but you know, for for the time being, I just hope that Tua makes a speedy recovery. And you know, especially with concussions in the NFL, you know, we there's been a long list of guys who retire early because of concussions. Troy Aikman, Steve Young, you know, Andrew Luck, and you know, guys like that, you know, who suffer those head injuries that really just kind of call it a career before it gets worse. 
and you know hopefully the team does right by Tua. Tua can make a a a, a speedy recovery and uh, things like that, and hopefully his career won't be altered by this injury. And uh, you only can pray for the pray for the absolute best. You know, even though the Dolphins did lose the game, but um. You know that's all anybody was talking about after that game, and that it, it really sucks. I feel bad for Tua. Feel bad for his family. Uh, feel bad for the Dolphins in general. They looked to be on fire. They were firing all cylinders, and you know for this accident to happen, it's just it it fucking sucks. I uh, just wish that he comes out of this okay. No, nothing life threatening. Nothing, anything like that, because the man comes before the player. You know, you want him to go back to his fam- friends and family. So, you know, hopefully he's all good. You know, thank God that they ruled him out for the next game because they still want to do tests on him like that. Especially if you got a concussion, man, it's better to get not just a second opinion, but a third, a fourth, a fifth opinion, you know, and things like that. And make sure you are absolutely 100% to play. And uh, so from then on, we go to Sunday's game. We go to the Sunday afternoon uh, the Texans played the fucking Chargers, and I honestly thought that they were going to make that huge comeback at the end. Um, Justin Herbert is the man. I think Justin Herbert has taken that team where Phillip Rivers left off. I think he's taken the team and starting to run with it. He, they're really starting to respond around him. Uh, they look pretty good. Austin Eckler had a hell of a game. And at the end, like in the fourth quarter, it looked like the Texans were going to make that comeback. And, of course, they fucking didn't. You know, Damian Pierce is a fucking hoss, man. I, I hope that they they can rally behind that kid and feed him the ball as much as they can. But they need to op- they need but the problem with Houston, they need to open up that fucking offense. They really do. Davis Mills is not a good quarterback. I hate to say it, man. I said it last time. I'm I'm gonna say it for until I see improvement, I'm gonna keep saying it. That guy is not a good quarterback. You know, he's he's got this fucking he's got the fucking showings of like a Matt Schaub and a Brock Osweiler. We don't need that here in Houston. We went through, you know, three years of that and then two years with Brock and it ain't going to work. You know, this this guy, this kid is just so, you know, his awareness is really off. Something about his, you know, his his, his mindset is completely off. He, he works fine as a backup. Like he can back up a guy like Tyrod Taylor or somebody like that or Deshaun Watson or somebody like that. He works in those type of situations as a starter eh, I'm not gonna waste my time with that you know they need to do something quick either sign somebody else you know maybe get a veteran in there you know uh you know do something and then honestly OJ Howard and Brandon Cooks are probably the only threats that those guys have on the offense and you know those guys are like double covered every single time. Like if they're not running the ball, they got to throw it. They got to get guys open. They got to do something. You know they need to open up that. They need to open up that offense. Is the best way. Is the best thing they have to do right now. They need veterans on the team. But when I say veterans, I mean guys who have been around the block who are still assets, not washed up guys like David Johnson and Randall Cobb and you know all those other guys. I would have had you know shit. I would I wouldn't mind having Des Bryant come in there, but. You know, that's neither here nor there, but they need some leadership on that offense. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, that was that that was true leaders on the team. But, you know, the, the, the previous coaching staff didn't find them didn't couldn't find a way for them to work and you know, now look at where we're at. Uh but um I don't know, man. The Texans just look all kinds of off. They haven't won a game yet and it's it's unfortunate. It really is. 
I don't know if Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is a good coach. He's a great defensive mind, but you know he is definitely struggling at the offense. The offense fucking sucks, and it's definitely starting with Davis Mills. I hate to say it, but he he shouldn't be the quarterback. He's he he'd be all right as a backup and uh, things like that, but I don't think he should be the quarterback really at all. Um, another game that we watched that was you know kind of in tune with what everything was going on was uh what was the other game that we watched because we, we couldn't watch all of them like i had the nfl red zone so i was kind of watching all of them at once i was going back and forth between the red zone and the texans game and the one that kind of kept going back and forth to was um dallas and washington and then also philadelphia and jacksonville those two games were actually pretty good because you know you had philadelphia is fucking killing it Jalen Hurts is proving himself to be, I don't know if it's Jalen Hurts or I don't know if it's a new head coach. Something about that Philadelphia team, they look rejuvenated, they look good, they're looking unstoppable. But at the same time, Jacksonville also looks good. You know what I mean? A new coaching staff. They still got Trevor Lawrence. They got a couple of new offensive weapons around him. Trevor Lawrence looks like to be the real deal, you know. I always get, I, like, I remember when they played each, I don't think they played each other yet, but I used to get him and Justin Herbert confused. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, unless they, they got to leave their jerseys on, man. They can't do interviews like that except for Kim, which one is which. But, those, yeah, those two teams look pretty good. They could take the divisions. I, th- I, I strongly believe that Philadelphia is the best team in that division. I know New York had a good game against Chicago, but I think Philadelphia is probably going to be the dominant team of that division. Washington doesn't really look all that great. Dallas proved it to them, but Dallas don't even look all that great. Like, you know, the whole Cooper Cush, Cooper Rush is a solid quarterback. They're saying that he's the first quarterback in Cowboys history to win his first four starts. And I said, that's not really saying anything because he came in week two and, you know, that's only four in a row. They're considering that four in a row. And things like that. And I was like, that's not, I wouldn't, I, I, they're giving him the confidence that he so rightfully deserves. You know, I think he's a better, I think, I don't, I'm not saying he's a better quarterback. I shouldn't say that. He's not, a, I don't think he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, but it's looking to seem that they're going to, like, if he keeps doing good while Dak Prescott is still hurt, there could be a quarterback controversy uh, for America's team. And I don't know, maybe the Cowboys should move on from Dak, but. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna hold my breath yet. If Cooper, if Cooper Rush can take the Cowboys to the divisional round of the playoffs, not the wild card, the divisional round of the playoffs, then maybe, maybe they put him as the starting quarterback next season and see what they can do and see if they can trade Dak and things like that. I wouldn't get rid of Dak just yet because a lot of times we get these quarterbacks who are backups who come in and you know come in injured. And then they go on to kind of do good, but then the moment they get a signing bonus somewhere, you know, somewhere else or on the same team, they fall apart. And I don't understand that. Matt Castle did that. You know, he was, uh, you know, Matt Castle was a, he was uh, Tom Brady's, he was Tom Brady's backup in New England. So when Brady went down with an, with the ACL injury, he came in. He led the, you know, I mean, he led the Patriots to the Super Bowl, not to the Super Bowl, but to the playoffs, which that's got to stand for something. But then. When Brady came back, they traded him to Kansas City, where he kind of became, you know, uh, uh, a whiff, 
you know, a whisper in the wind. Same thing with Brock Osweiler. He didn't, he, while Peyton Manning was hurt in Denver, he led the team to the playoffs and got them to the Super Bowl, and Peyton kind of came in at the end and kind of saved it there. But then fucking Houston signs him for big money, and he doesn't do shit, you know, and things like that. Um, a lot of guys do that. Alex Smith even did that, you know. But the, the thing with Alex Smith, Alex Smith kind of was the, the, the safety goat for a lot of guys. He was drafted by San Francisco, got them to the playoffs and did really good. And the kid, Colin Kaepernick, came in and took over the entire team. Did the same thing for Kansas City, got hurt. Patrick Mahomes came in and took over the entire team. And, you know, the rest is history. His career ended in Washington, which, uh, you know, it, that was I think he deserved comeback player of the year after that nasty injury he had against Houston. But um, for him to kind of come back and take uh, – a, a not so good Washington team to the playoffs only to get bounced in the wild card because their first stop was Tampa Bay and their new quarterback Tom Brady so that's got to count for something but something about this quarterback stuff going on in Dallas you know I think if Cooper Rush can get it done in Dallas there may be a quarterback controversy there I wouldn't get rid of Dak Prescott yet because you got to be able to do it an entire season not necessarily as the backup or not necessarily when somebody's hurt. you got to be able to carry the team your first year as the starter. He's not the star. He's the starter now, but that's only because Dak Prescott is hurt. Like what Dak did when Romo went down is kind of what they were talking about doing. You know, they the Cowboys went, what, 14-2 and two or 15-1 and one that year when you know, Romo's last year. And everything like that, only for them to get bounced in the first round, which is unfortunate. But um, you know, we'll see what happens with Dallas. You know, Cooper, if Cooper Rush can get it done, he may be the Cowboys' new quarterback. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Patriots and Green Bay was one that we watched as well in the after in the late afternoon. Um, that one was kind of interesting to see. It was interesting to see that Aaron Rodgers was kind of struggling. Uh, against that Patriots defense and then for the Patriots to kind of go back and forth with their quarterback to they bring in they bring back Brian Hoyer and he gets hurt you know the first couple of snaps that he takes and then they bring in this kid uh, I think Zap is his name yeah Zap comes in and kind of takes care of business and then uh, he actually takes the Patriots to overtime and you know actually gives Green Bay a run for their money so there could be something brewing there in in New England, but, you know, New England's kind of like uh, Houston. They don't really have a whole – they need to spread out their offense. Their running back is pretty good. That that Stevenson is pretty good, you know, but they need to open it up a little, just a little bit more. They need they need playmakers, you know, at the wideout position. They need a playmaker at tight end. You know, they need to get – they need to get – they need to get it together is what I'm trying to say. Aaron Rodgers is starting to come around. You know, he's he struggled a little bit in this game. But he was able to get it done in overtime, which is good for him and uh, things like that. Uh, that was kind of interesting to see. And then we had um, the Sunday night game. We had the Sunday night game, and it was Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And even though Tom Brady had a lot of his guys come back from injury, Mike Evans is back from suspension, Julio Jones played a little bit, Chris Godwin played a little bit, but then he got hurt. So, you know, that's that was kind of the whole thing. You know, the, the, the team is starting to come back, but they weren't really all that great. Man, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is the future. 
Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the game right now. There's not a better quarterback than him. The kid is lighting it up. I think he will go down as the absolute greatest quarterback to ever put on a Chiefs uniform. And that's not really saying a lot because the Chiefs don't really have a whole lot of history of at the quarterback position. Yeah, they've had guys like Trent Green and and things like that, but never before. Like I, the Afro mentioned, Alex Smith and 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 Matt Castle, but you know, that's that was. You know, years ago, but you know, in the in the eighties and nineties, you know, yeah, they had Joe Montana, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't all that great. He got them to the AFC Championship only to fall and get hurt and things like that. So, but I think Patrick Mahomes definitely. I mean, he's taken the team to what three AFC Championship games now. He's won a Super Bowl, which is good. He's got a. Yeah, they lost to New England that first year. And then the following year, they won the AFC Championship because they knocked off Tennessee. And then the year after that, they won it again. The year after that, they lost. So, so yeah, for Patrick Mahomes to be in four AFC Championship games, one Super, you know, two Super Bowls, that's saying something. And uh, that that goes to show you that this kid really, him, Andy Reid, even without Tyreek Hill, they're still making plays. I think. The I, I was real iffy about Juju, but Juju Smith-Schuster really coming in there and could be a he's I don't think he's better than Tyreek Hill. I think he's probably a good plug-in for there. You know, now they were saying that you know Travis Kelsey is you know maybe getting banged up a little bit then in there, and that that's going to be a big loss should they lose him. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, you know Travis Kelsey is the heart and soul of that team without him. You know. What Gronk was to Brady, that's what Kelsey is to Mahomes. Can't lose that piece. You know, you don't want to lose that piece of your offense because, you know, it's going to be very hard to kind of have not have that big tight end to to rely on the the safety net basically. Because a lot of guys call the tight end the safety net position. You know, guys like Gronk and guys like even Darren Waller from uh, Oakland or Vegas or even Jason Witten. You know, those guys like that. You know, Brian Selleck, George Kittle. You know, those guys who are great tight ends and things like that who come in clutch when you need them to. They don't always have to be there, but they're there when you they're there every single time that you do need them. Uh that game kind of went back and forth a little bit. You thought the Patriots were gonna make this kind of comeback at the end, but then they kind of faltered. They let it get away and the Kansas City ended up winning the game forty one thirty one. And it kind of goes to show you that with Buffalo kind of starting to falter a little bit, because Buffalo played, um, who did Buffalo play? Buffalo played Baltimore, and they actually were struggling a little bit there in Baltimore. They made the comeback at the end, but they struggled a little bit there. You know, so Buffalo starting to falter a little bit here. You know, I may have spoke too soon, but I still stand firm and believe that the AFC Championship will come down to the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think Kansas City for sure will get there. They'll probably be the one hosting the AFC Championship, and uh, you know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. As, as right now, best team in the AFC right now has to be Kansas City. So that's you know that that's saying something. Now, now we're gonna move on to Monday night's game. Monday night it was the San Francisco 49ers against the defending Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams, and this game was was like wow. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the the Super Bowl hangover, but man, the the, the Rams are looking real inconsistent. You know, I'm not saying that 
I'm not saying it's because the 49ers are doing so good now that Jimmy G is the quarterback again, but it's like, but I feel like the 49ers are playing with that big chip on the shoulder. Like they are, a lot of people were bashing Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, because he hadn't got the job done. He's taken them to the NFC Championship like two, like two, three times now. No, is it two? Or th- I don't know how many times. I, I know it's at least two. Because they lost to the Rams last year. And then the year they went to the Super Bowl, they lost to the Kansas City. So, you know, it's like, dude, this this team, this team can rally behind Jimmy G because they know how to. You know, Debo Samuel, Do- Joe Kittle and things like that. George Kittle and all those guys, they can really rally behind a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Because he has gotten them, he's, he's come, he's come in clutch for them when they need him to. And I think... Jimmy Garoppolo is playing with a big chip on his shoulder because everybody doubts him for not being as good as Trey Lance and for Kyle Shanahan to go with the kid rather than the guy who's been in the playoffs, been to the conference championship, been to the Super Bowl and uh, things like that to not go with him. It's like, all right, cool, bet, you know, that's going to be the motivation for him. If he can take, if he can, if the team can rally behind Jimmy G, if he can definitely get on the ball here and they keep playing the way they did last week because the last week when they played Denver that was kind of a fluky game they lost it was like 10 to 11 you know it wasn't all that great this game right here they they beat the Super Bowl champions in convincing fashion I don't think Matt Stafford threw a touchdown you know it was fucking crazy and it's like it's like are the Rams suffering from the Super Bowl hangover like a team gets to the Super Bowl and then the year after, they fall apart. We've seen it a lot of times, m- primarily from NFC teams. Because if you go back and look at the teams from 2000 onward, the Bucks won the championship. So the, in 2001, the, in 2001, the Patriots beat the Rams. The Rams kind of stayed relevant for a while until Kurt Warner left. 2002, the Raiders beat the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers won the championship, but they fell off a cliff after that. You didn't really hear from them. And, you know, it wasn't until maybe Jameis Winston got there that they started becoming a little bit relevant again and things like that. But they they haven't been they haven't been back to the Super Bowl until Brady got there. Oh three, Patriots beat uh the Panthers. Panthers were never relevant again after that. Until not until at least not until Cam Newton got there in two thousand ten. 04, Patriots beat the Eagles. The Eagles kind of fell apart, you know, the whole shit with T.O. and Donovan McNabb. So they didn't become relevant. They didn't even get back to the Super Bowl until, you know, what was it, 2017? The Philly special? God, I hate that play. And then 05 was, yeah, 05 was the Giants and Patriots. The Giants beat the Patriots. God, I hate that game. But the Giants won the Super Bowl. They didn't win it again. Uh, They fell off. For about four years, won it again in 2011, and then fell off completely. And it's like, yeah, the NFC teams do that. 06, the Colts beat the Bears. The Bears haven't been back to the Super Bowl since. You know, they've made the playoffs here and there. I'm not saying they've made the playoff on a consistent basis, but they haven't been as interesting. They haven't been as as relevant as they were. 07 was who was 07? 07 was uh, Pittsburgh and. No, 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 no. 05 was Pittsburgh and Seattle. Pittsburgh won that one. Seattle was never relevant again until the follow until 
Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Legion of Boom. That's when they became relevant again. 07 was Giants, Patriots. 08 was uh, Pittsburgh and Arizona. Arizona has not been to the Super Bowl since, but they've kind of been inconsistent. They make the playoffs again the following year. Kurt Warner retires. Um, they make the playoffs a couple of times with Carson Palmer as their quarterback, but then he retires. Bruce Arians, who's the head coach, retires and things like that. So it's like the, they, they get to the playoffs, but they don't get to the Super Bowl. And they haven't been to a Super Bowl since. So there's that. And then in 09, the Saints beat the, the, Saints beat the Colts. The Saints now under... With Drew Brees at the quarterback, they are constantly getting into the playoffs. But for, like I've said before, the Saints always fall in on the wrong side of luck. The Minneapolis Miracle, that bullshit game against the St. Louis Rams, you know, it you know, they're just on the wrong side of somebody else's fortune and things like that. But you know, they fuck it up against the Eagles, they fuck it up against the Bears, you know, they don't take care of business when they need to and it really sucks for them because the Saints they don't ever get back to a playoff contention. They 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 they're in the playoffs for the like I think the remainder of Drew Brees' seat of career, but they never get back to another Super Bowl. Two thousand ten, well, two thousand ten it was Green Bay. Green Bay beat uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Green Bay. Same thing. They've been in the playoffs, but never to the Super Bowl. You know, Aaron Rodgers is still there, but I think the team that he had then is not there no more. And then I think. I think last week they announced that Clay Matthews was retiring. I forgot he, he even played because after he left Green Bay, I thought he was irrelevant. 2011 was obviously Giants-Patriots. The Giants have completely fallen off, and I think they've made the playoffs maybe once or twice since then. You know, so that's saying something. 2012 was, what was 2012? 2012 was Ravens-49ers. Now, that's, the, that's one where both of those teams were never relevant. The Niners went through that little bit of a drought with the whole Colin, Colin Kaepernick situation, the the firing of Jim Harbaugh, and um, and uh, you know that that team kind of went into the gutter. It wasn't until Kyle Shanahan and and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got that and the team started to become relevant. Baltimore, on the other hand, you know Baltimore won that Super Bowl and that proved that Joe Flacco was probably going to be a one and done quarterback because he hasn't really had a relative. He hasn't had a, a good season since that year and things like that. Uh, Ray Lewis retired and, you know, the rest is history. And the Ravens have been in the, the, Ravens have been in the playoffs since, ha, as have the 49ers. So that one's, new, that one's a little iffy because those teams have, are, st are still playoff relevant. 2013 was the rise of the Seahawks. The Seahawks beat the, the Seahawks beat the, the Seahawks beat the Broncos in spectacular fashion. You know, that was interesting to see. Then they go back the following year, but they fall short to the Patriots because of that boneheaded play of throwing it on the one-yard line. I'm a Patriots fan. That was probably the coolest thing I think I've ever seen and uh, things like that. But after that, Seahawks are never relevant again because guys from those teams started leaving. Marshawn Lynch leaves. Richard Sherman leaves. Uh, Byron Maxwell leaves, Earl Thomas leaves, Legion of Boom is no more, and, uh, you know, it all goes downhill from that. And then after that, it was, after that, it was uh, Panthers and Broncos, in which that was Peyton Manning's farewell. He wins the Super Bowl, retires after that. Panthers have not been to the, shit, I don't even think they've been to the playoffs since. 
you know, Cam Newton had a 15-1 and season only to lose the Super Bowl, and then his career kind of tanks after that. And that's unfortunate. That's, the, that's like the prime example of the Super Bowl hangover. And then after that, Patriots-Rams. Uh, that's unfortunate. No, it was either Patriots-Rams or Patriots-Eagles. It was one of those. I want to say it was the Eagles because the Eagles win. Oh, no, it's Patriots-Falcons after that. Patriots-Falcons. Patriots have that unbelievable comeback. Falcons are really, relatively never heard from again. Then it's Patriots-Eagles. Eagles do the Philly special. Eagles win a Super Bowl, but then are never heard from really ever again. They don't even make the playoffs for until like a couple of seasons after that. For like a couple of seasons after that. Then uh, Patriots-Rams. That was kind of a good one because it wasn't a high-powered offense. It was just straight dominant performances from the defense. You had... Tom Brady winning his sixth Super Bowl and Jared Goff and company leading the team, leading the charge against that team. And um, they kind of fell short. Now, I'm not saying they fell off, but, you know, they went through a whole a whole cleanup crew. They traded they traded Jared Goff to Detroit, bringing Matt Stafford. And then that's, you know, that's history because that leads to last year's Super Bowl. And then after that was uh, who was it after that? After that was. Uh, after that Super Bowl, it was uh, Chiefs 49ers. The 49ers haven't been to the Super Bowl in a long time, but it's the first time with Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G. That was a pretty good game, but for some reason, the Niners kind of called off the dogs, and after the ha- after halftime, the Chiefs took advantage. They won their first Super Bowl. Very impressive run by the Kansas City Chiefs. Then after that, it was Buccaneers Chiefs. You know, Chiefs are still there. Bucks and Chiefs was pretty good. You know, that was a pretty good game, and that proved that Tom Brady is still the man for him to win it all. And, like, relevancy is starting to become dwindled now because we, we're, we're still talking about Kansas City. We're still talking about the Rams. We're still talking about the Bucks and everything like that. So it's not too late to, you know, question, you know, to leave those guys out. This past year's Super Bowl was the Rams and the Bengals. Both teams are off to a really shaky start. The Rams and the Bengals are not all that great. They're inconsistent. The, the Bengals won their game, you know, on Thursday night, and, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, come Sunday. Same thing with the Rams. The Rams lost. For some reason, they were not fired on all cylinders. This does not look like a defending Super Bowl championship team, really, at all. You're starting to see the inconsistency from from them, and it's not looking good. If they can, they keep being inconsistent, they might not even be the best team in that division because the, the Niners might swoop in and take it. And uh, that's saying something. If the Niners swoop in and take it, all hell's going to break loose. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these teams these teams are struggling to kind of, you know, keep trying to stay relevant and things like that. Even with teams like, you know, the Bucks, Tom Brady, you know, contemplating retirement again and all the stuff going on with him and, you know, things like that. But I think these teams need to keep their head on a swivel and keep pushing forward. I think – you know, some of the injury bug is a, is a motherfucker. You're not going to be able to get past that. We need certain guys to get healthy and uh, things like that. But with with injury, you know, as Paul Heyman once said, where there's chaos, there's opportunity. You know, with Trey Lance going down, there's an opportunity for Jimmy G to kind of rekindle the flame of the 49ers nation. With a new head coach in, in – um, with a new head coach in Philadelphia and in um, – with a new head coach in Philadelphia and in Miami and in um, God damn it, Jacksonville, 
you got teams that are looking to have a good run, you know, have a good playoff run. They're, you know, you got a couple of teams that are leading the charge, but you also got teams who are playoff bound because of how dominant they were and how good of how dominant they were in the previous season, like Kansas City, like Buffalo, and who are still playing good now. So, you know, it's it's, it's a tough. It's a, it's going to be tough to see how it is, you know, going into week five, you know, we'll see what happens. And we can only imagine what happens when the guys who are on injury reserve or the guys who are on suspension do return because we got a lot of guys who are coming back. So, but anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it uh, for today's episode. If you like the podcast, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse Twenty One. Let me let me know how your team did. My team fucking sucks because we don't have a we don't have an offense and uh, everything like that. So there's you know that's neither here nor there. But if your team did good, let me know. If your team did bad, let me know. Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse Twenty One. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. There probably there will be another episode releasing today. Uh, because we're still doing the 31 days of Halloween and I got a, and I got a lot of Halloween uh, horror movies that I am doing for the weekend tomorrow. I want to say tomorrow and Thursday will be double features because we're covering you know Star Wars and or tomorrow will probably be another horror movie come out tomorrow. Same thing with Thursday. She Hulk comes out and we will be covering another film. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but anyway, So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And, of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.